Hi and welcome to the Wise Women in Sport podcast. This is our second episode. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to episode one last week with Mimi Anderson and has given me some great feedback. This week I'm talking to somebody who I know really, really well, but I know absolutely nothing about the sport that they take part in. It's a really different conversation to the one that we had last week, but I'm hoping will still be really informative and if nothing else, you'll learn a lot about roller derby. So here we are, this is episode two. Welcome to the Wise Women in Sport podcast, the podcast where I delve into the lives of female athletes and sportswomen and discuss how they train and compete around their menstrual cycles, contraception and menopause. Today, I'm speaking with Kent Roller Derby captain, Amy Langley-Smith. Roller Derby originates from the USA and if you've seen it, you'll know that it's a fast-paced contact sport. Derby skaters have to be tough and I'm really intrigued to know how these hardcore athletes cope with everything their bodies have to throw at them, as well as the blockers and jammers from the opposing team. So Amy, welcome to Wise Women in Sport. Hello. Um, Your skater name is Trauma Trev. Can you explain that a little bit? Um, The the Trevor bit comes from um, when... I went out with some team friends, uh, we had some drinks, we were watching the World Cup and some photos were taken, they went online and I looked awful in them. So I asked them to be taken down because I thought I looked a bit like a bloke and uh, my northern friend went, yeah, you look like a Trevor. And then when I turned up at training the, the next week, everyone was like, go on Trev, go on Trev. Um, so it didn't matter what name I picked, it was, it was bound to be that. Um, and the trauma bit comes because I'm a nurse in A&E. So, cool. yeah. And you all get given different names. I've had a look <clears throat> at some of the other, the Kent um, roller derby team, and yeah. you've all got some really interesting names. Yeah. So our founder is Demolition. Um, that's my favourite one. Um, my best friend, my roller derby wife, she's Helen Degenerate. So some good names in there. Um, people just sort of, you can either do a pun on something, something skate related or danger related um something funny cool um so before we start I'm just going to say to everyone who doesn't know us Amy is my cousin um and growing up this is really interesting because growing up I don't remember considering we're the only female cousins in our side of the family I don't remember ever talking about periods with you or getting your first period or even like until now discussing it like it's really bizarre um that we never talked about it and I think maybe it was just the generation about it's not at the fault of our parents but they just didn't talk about it because no one else before them talked about it so it's yeah. really weird yeah I agree um I I don't even had I don't I don't even remember having a conversation at home with my own mum about periods I learned most of it through school um so like I'd have a, a lesson at school and then I'd come home and I'd say to my mum oh I've been given all this free stuff and she'd go put it in your drawer yeah. And I put it in my drawer and, and that was it. So I don't ever remember having a discussion with, with anybody. And I do think it's a, a generational thing, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So the first question I want to ask all my guests is, do you remember when and where you got your first period? Um, I have two two stories. So the, the first one, I remember vividly having my first period actually at my, my little half-brother's birthday. He must have only been a couple of years old and um I was at his nan's house and I went to the toilet and I thought oh what's this stuff in my knickers um and it wasn't very heavy 
and I'd worked out that it, it must be my period and I panicked and I didn't tell anybody so I just stuffed some some tissue in my underwear and left it um, and I never told anybody but then the second time I came on my period I was on holiday with my mum and we were abroad and I was in my swimming costume and we'd been by the pool and I'd gone to the loo and I thought oh no what am I going to do so I went and found my mum by the pool and was like I think I've started my period and she said oh there's some there's some things in the case go and go and go and get that and you'll be fine and I didn't know whether I was allowed back in the pool or not I didn't know if I should go swimming um I didn't know how to hide a, a sanitary towel in my in like my swimming costume it was um it was really strange and I just had to kind of work it out on my own really yeah same I do really feel like it was um, funnily enough it, mine was I remember I was supposed to go swimming to swimming training that evening and I think I'd got my period at school and then just had to say to my mum oh I can't go swimming tonight and this is why and she was like okay and same just like here's here's some sanitary towels go and get on with it basically yeah um which is just how things were it wasn't you know just there wasn't just really the language around it then no one really spoke about it but um when it came to you as a teenager taking part in sport, how did you remember if it affected you at all, especially with things like swimming, but um, but other sports you, you did? I remember you were really quite active and sporty. Yeah, um, I, I did like, because I felt I was a scout when I was growing up. So um, I did a lot of tomboyish things sort of climbing trees and camping and putting up tents. Um, I do remember it being, it almost feeling like it was a dirty thing. So if I was out camping um and there was loads of guys there I thought I'm on my period I felt like it was like a dirty thing to have to do especially if I was out using like camping toilets and not like your own toilet at home where you could get stuff and use stuff I think school was a bit different because I went just like you I went to an all-girls school and so everyone had something I always remember people would be getting changed and be like has anyone got a sanitary towel anyone got a tampon um and but it still was quite a secret thing. It was only something you would ask for in the toilet. It wasn't something that you would sort of shout across the classroom and it was someone would no. slip you something and go, oh, I'll go and, go and use that. Um, and I don't remember there, there being many options to, to or access to sanitary towels and things like that in the, the bathrooms. Um, yeah. I know at university where, where I'm doing, studying my master's now, um, I can walk into the bathroom and there's free sanitary towels and tampons and condoms and you can just pick them up and take as many yeah. as you want and walk away with them. But in the schools, and I don't remember there being anywhere that you could feel you could discreetly do something like that as well. Mm. Oh my God, I remember the fear of thinking as a teenager, getting my first few periods and then, and then thinking my mum had a stash of sanitary pads at home but thinking oh my god what am I going to do when then that runs out I've got to go to a shop and like yeah. as a teenager feeling shameful which is yeah. bizarre because 50% of the population have to deal with it but but thinking god I've got to go to a shop and actually put put sanitary tab- pads yeah. on the counter and pay for them and I think it's so nice now to see in so many girls toilets yeah that you've got that there and you can just help yourself and I think especially for the younger generation it's so important just for it to be really open and just you know help yourself it's fine um yeah yeah, just I just feel like things have come on quite a lot since we were teenagers yeah definitely so going into roller derby um I stayed up late last night and watched loads of YouTube bouts is that what you call them bouts games matches um (laughs) 
And I did then Google kind of the history of roller derby because um, for me on this podcast, I've really tried to broaden the sports that we that we um, look into because obviously everyone's different, everyone's kit is different and how you play or take part in your sport is different. But I didn't realise that roller derby was largely a women's sport, yeah. um, really massively female-led, comes from the USA. And currently there are over 2,000 amateur leagues worldwide and it was even considered for the Tokyo Olympics, which is amazing. Um, as I said earlier, it's a contact sport, players fast and fearless and you often come away with bruises on some occasions, worse than that, concussion, mm-hmm. breaks, all sorts of things. Um, so just give us a really brief overview of what is roller derby, how is it played, number of people on the team and so on. Yeah, so... Um... We, uh, so Roller Derby was invented in around about the 1930s and it was, it was really like, um, it was meant to be like a race and there was men involved in it, but um, the audience preferred the females, which I think is where the female led thing came from, is that the the women were more uh, entertaining to watch. Um, It started off with sort of races, but people would pile up and fall over each other and have arguments trying to overtake each other. And the audience really enjoyed that. So um, Leo Seltzer, the guy that invented roller derby, sort of um, really honed in on the violence aspect. And people asked for more violence and it sort of became a bit more like wrestling. So some of it was it was televised. Um, Lots of people watched it, but they enjoyed people skating in headlocks and throwing fights and clotheslining each other and stuff like that really. (laughs) silly stupid things but it was it was a little bit um they even made it so that there was a villain and there was a good guy and so you could root for the good guy and all the audience would get involved and it was really popular for a long time um but then it became more and more expensive to do it used to be skated on a on a bank track so it's like a a wooden structure that you'd skate around in an oval on and obviously having to store that and set it up was really expensive and time consuming so um after a while i think in the great depression uh, it just all sort of disappeared because it was massive in the us um and then in the early 2000 a crazy place called texas went do you remember mm-hmm. that cool thing we used to do should we do it again yeah. uh, and they revived it nowadays we're not allowed to hit each other so we actually skate on a flat track because it's easier we can go to any hall and with some rope and some duct tape we can put a track down and skate um there's five members on your team on the track at one time so you have four blockers and one jammer the jammer wears a star on their hat and that signifies that they are the point scorer and then you've got four blockers um, and they are lined up on the track ready to stop the opposing jammer. When the whistle goes, both jammers are, are released or go and they skate at the opposing walls and try and use their body and sort of fast skating manoeuvres to try and juke the wall, get around them uh, and start skating a lap. They'll skate yeah. an out lap and then when they come back round, for every member of the opposing team that they pass, they score a point for um so it's it's a bit more tactical now than it used to be it's a little bit less violent but it's still a full contact sport we're not allowed to hit each other above above the shoulders or below the knee and we're not allowed to hit each other in the middle of the back um so there's there's areas that you can hit so if someone's facing you forwards you can skate right at them and hit them in the chest or the stomach um 
and we use mainly our sides to like our hips and our shoulders to hip check people and we're not allowed to use our hands or our elbows so you have to keep your arms sort of tucked in and just hope you can just spear them with your sharp elbow yeah. uh, very yeah. violent but safely environment like violent we we've all got safety equipment on and we get penalties if we hit each other wrong um and it's really I definitely recommend if no one's seen a roller derby game go just google roller derby yeah um and there I think I found a championship that had seemed to have like 10 different games to watch and they're all about an hour long as well um and within seconds someone's on the floor um or someone's been knocked out and not not knocked out on the head yep. but just knocked out of the, the track, um, track. Yeah. and um, yeah it's really hardcore there's a lot going on and a lot to watch and yeah. um, it's so fast as well I mean just the speed at the which you guys are skating yeah. um, is insane and so the technical aspect is is really really um, yeah hard it's it looks really tough um, and obviously you had to um, do a lot of training in your skating itself yeah. just to get to that level it took me so I don't really remember roller skating much as a kid I I remember having inline skates I remember having the um the Fisher Price ones when you're a kid that you <laughs> yeah. in. I remember having those and I had a Barbie set of skates but I don't ever remember actually going out and skating in them um I as a scout I'd learned to ice skate and ski and things like that so I think I'd got some technical ability but I learned from scratch pretty much as an adult. Um, January 2014, I went to a, tri- a training session with Kent, Kent mm-hmm. Royal Derby um, and I went to their rec league um, just to one of their open days. Um, and I just had a cheap pair of like £30 Rio roller skates on and yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I, so I loved it so much that I then went and bought a really expensive pair of skates for the next week because I wanted to be able to do all the stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing to learn how to skate, but then you've got to learn all the different rules about roller derby because the stance is very different. If you look at uh, a roller dancer, so like an artistic skater, they skate very upright with straight knees. Um, and we are all about being really low and bent, bent knees low to the ground because mm. we want to be more stable if we're going to get hit. Um, but also we want to be able to move further distances across the track and it's easier if we're sort of in a crouched position um yeah. so it's drilling into everybody you've got to get lower you've got to get lower they're like why am I falling over all the time it's like you, you, you've got to get lower <laughs> you've got to get down yeah. I did actually note it down it reminded me and the, the fact that play is a series of scrimmages and it reminded me of a rugby scrum and it is just like that it's like watching a rugby scrum but on skates yeah absolutely um and yeah, it's to keep your balance in that must be so difficult. Yeah. Um, and you're captain of Kent Roller Derby. Yes, I am. And I noticed that recently you changed the name um, to reflect uh, the different members of your skating team. And you Absolutely. were Kent Roller Girls. You're now yep. Kent Roller Derby. Yep. So um, Roller Derby is a massively, massively inclusive sport. Um, people from all different backgrounds, all different sizes, um, genders. There's a, a, a Kent men's roller derby um, that I also train with. Um, and we just felt that the girls didn't reflect our our stance on, on, on how we view ourselves because we do have um, non-binary members um, that don't identify as female um, and it just didn't feel inclusive enough. Um, so we changed it just to reflect that. Lots of roller derby teams are doing that now. 
Um, we even changed our logo um, to just 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 the, like a Kent horse. Um, yeah. Just because we felt like the the pinup girl was a bit outdated as well. I think nearly every yeah. Derby team at one point had a pinup girl on their logo. Uh, so. <laughs> and that probably harks back to the old the older version of roller yeah. derby, like you say, where it was much more of kind of uh, an exhibition sport rather yeah. than now. It's so tactical. That's it. Um, have you personally had any derby bouts or training where you've had your period and how have you actually had to deal with that kind of practically? So I I tend to, not, I don't suffer very badly with my periods. I do get, uh, on the first day, I tend to get some abdominal cramping um, and my periods aren't always really long. Um, they can be heavy. Um, I tend to make sure that I've got my big knickers on when I've got my when I've got my period so uh, if I've got my big knickers on I tend to wear my not so short shorts um, yeah. um, but I do I have friends that I know um, they won't mind me saying this because I did speak to them before um, my really good friend suffers very badly with their periods um, they have very bad cramping to the point that they can't leave the house um, mm. and it really does uh, drain on them because they would they love coming to training like training is the the most important thing for them and um when they feel that it's stopping them from going I think it's quite depressing for them yeah and they prefer they you know they would prefer to be able to take some painkillers and and to feel better and sometimes they do and they're able to come and skate and they feel better for skating because exercise is good but also at the same time with roller derby it's quite intense we do a lot of endurance we do a lot of hitting I can't imagine being hit in the stomach when you're on your period and having mm. lots of pain um, so there are people that do have to to sit out because they're struggling quite badly with their periods which isn't great but we're all very understanding of that um, I tend to um, I tend to want to skate when I'm on my period because I do find uh, the exercise either distracts me or makes me feel better um yeah. I don't yeah I quite I, I don't really mind skating when I'm on my period it doesn't bother me and you as a team are quite open talking to each other about kind of where you are in your cycle if you're feeling really rough if you know some people leading up to getting their period mm. get that real high hormone phase where they feel really really tired exhausted have yeah. a really um low pain threshold do you you're really really open talking about that with everybody yeah we're um we're like a family so we're really um we're really tight-knit um I don't see anyone having a problem with us talking we talk about the weirdest things when we're getting our kit on so <laughs> um, I can't imagine periods being one of the things that we would worry talking about um uh, one of my one of my friends is a, a midwife um so she's used to looking at vaginas all the time so, but you know <laughs> uh, yeah that's it we really we're really quite open um and obviously I'm a nurse as well so I'm quite open about talking about things like that it doesn't bother me um and the most most of us we're all quite um helpful um the only thing I probably wouldn't do is <clears throat> I do uh occasionally wear a moon cup yeah uh, just because I find it easier and I don't like creating too much waste and plastic um so I'd wear a moon cup uh, but I probably wouldn't wear it to roller derby because I just worry <laughs> that if if I fell over wrong I could squish yeah. it 
um, <laughs> and make a mess. Yeah, I know um, the feeling. Yeah, that's the only thing I, I worry about is that probably I don't feel like that one's the safest option for me when I'm playing sport. It probably is fine, but I do worry sometimes if it's not positioned right or it's just it's not a good idea. And yeah, I do end up on my bum. Around. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad enough when I get hit really hard and land on my bottom. I worry if I've wet myself, let alone if I've had an accident with my period. I'd just be like, uh, no, I'm still dry. We're good. Keep going. <laughs> so what personally for you, what is your situation right now? Are you on any contraception or do you just have a natural cycle and natural period? What what is that? I haven't for you? taken contraception for probably about 18 months so I am currently not taking any contraception um yeah I'm not great at keeping an eye on my cycle though um Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I know when it's coming um I always get tender breasts before so about 11 days before I know that I'm gonna have my period and I get very very emotional the day before so if I'm having a particularly meltdown day I'm like oh I know what's coming um but apart from that, I'm not great at tracking it. I, I know I have quite even periods, so they'll last three days, and then the next month they'll last five days, and then I'll go back to like three days. And they don't pretend to be awfully heavy the first day, maybe. So um, I know roughly where I'm going to be at with my periods. But yeah. um, it... um, So let's talk about the actual kit that you have to wear at Roller Derby and how practical that is um, for you when you're on your period or around your period so um lots of when if you googled roller derby lots of women are wearing fishnet tights and hot pants and face makeup obviously we don't we have we have skaters that that like to dress up and put wall paint on uh, but typically uh most of us just put our kit on and go um, but we do have to put a lot of stuff on obviously we've got our skates knee pads, elbow pads, wrist guards, helmet and a mouth guard. Um, So we're quite well protected, um, but it does get smelly because we don't all wash our kit every week. Um, We all admit to that. There's normally one person that's really, really smelly. Um, um, But typically what we would wear is a pair of shorts and and a, a vest top. And as I said, um, with my periods, I get quite sensitive breasts. And unfortunately, uh, your chest is a legal target zone. So if a jammer wants to hit you there, they can. And that's probably the only thing I find harder when I'm on my period is I could wear a nice padded bra. I do actually have a contact top as well, which is uh, like a a cropped vest top with extra padding um, in all my bony areas. So across my collarbone and across my breast, it's extra padding so that when they hit you, it's, it's like hitting memory foam. It doesn't get rid of the pain. It doesn't stop you getting knocked over. But it's meant to cushion it a little bit. But um, it's still, it's quite, um, it's quite constricting. Um, and so when you get hit in, in the breast when you're on your period, it's not, it's not fun. Um, obviously, there's people that, um, non, non-binary skaters that bind as well. Um, and I imagine during menstruation periods um that can be um particularly more difficult as well um because it's just a tender area and as i said i like to wear bigger underwear when i'm on my period so uh less shorter shorts maybe some some bigger shorts but we all wear lycra all the time really so there's no really there's no real hiding it 
Um, you mentioned earlier about sometimes you have to skate with the boys, and I know that a recent um, derby bout you actually were skating as part of the the men's team. Um, how is that? Why? Why? First of all, why do you have to skate with the boys? Is it are they down on members or something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to. We're very, very. Oh. We're really, really lucky um, in that um, when Kent uh, Men's Roller Derby first set up, they asked our founder for some advice on getting a league going and how to go about it and so our founder Demi um, helped um, John out and Bernie in setting up Kent Men's Roller Derby and then over the years um, we've become such good friends that John the founder of Kent Men's Roller Derby is our coach and Demi the founder of Kent Roller Derby is the men's coach so we we take turns in coaching each other, which is fun. Um, Also, my husband skates for Kent men's. um, So they train the same day as us, but a different time. So between 12 and three on a Sunday, um, I can pop down and and start training with the men. Obviously, I pay to do so because I'm not a member of their league. So I pay for the privilege of it. And just for the last year or so, I've been ever since we've come back from covid i've been training with the men just to get some extra skate time in mm-hmm. the men skate completely different to the women so they are um there's a lot of um there's a lot of bravado in men's roller derby so yeah. uh, they like to face off against each other they're very upright the men they like to be upright and very chesty so their hits are very high and the women are uh, or us at uh, Kent Roller, Roller Derby were a lot lower. So we like to skate low and get under people's hips and underneath their, their yeah. weight. The men don't like that because obviously we take away their powerhouse. As soon as we do that and we get low, they can't then push us over. Um, so I like training with the men because it, it's a, a completely different style of training. And also they're stronger than me. They are stronger than me. So I know if I can block against a strong male blocker, then um, that would make me a, a better player for my team as well. So I enjoy playing with them. I did play, with the, I did play in their game. They were uh, a little bit short on skaters, um, but also I know them really well and I was quite eager to, to play a game with them. Um, and it was, it was loads of fun. And also the, the team we played against also had female identifying skaters on it as well. So I wasn't on my own, even though I was the only woman on track on our team. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, and I don't find training with the men any different being on my period. I don't think, I don't think they notice. So that's not against the rules, is it? It's not against the rules. No, you can play co-ed. Um, lots of teams are set up as co-ed. Um, so they train men and women. So talking just, again, just about skating with the boys, if you were to be um, taking part in a roller derby bout, and you were on the the men's team, and you did get your period. Do you think they would? Would you tell them? Would that um, would that make any difference to you, or do you just kind of crack on? Um, I don't. I don't know that I would openly tell them. I don't think I'd be like getting ready and be like, lads, guess what? Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I don't think I'd want it to affect my performance. Um, I. I think I would. Um, I'd probably, t- I might tell someone, um, cause I'm, I'm quite close to, well, I'm married to one of them. I might mention it to them. Um, but not like, I don't think I would want it to affect 
my performance. I wouldn't want that to be, I wouldn't want to make a mistake on track and everyone be like, well, it's okay because she's on her period. Like, I don't want that to be the reason that I've done something wrong. I want to be able to own, you know, my mistakes, but also all the good stuff that I do on the track. And I don't think I would want anyone to think, oh, she's just having a bad day because she's on her period. I want it to be like, oh, she's just not on her A game today. Not because it's anything biological. I think I, I would, and I don't think the men would think that because they are really lovely. And again, uh, the men are, are, are massively accepting of people. Um, like I said, it's such an inclusive sport. We have um, transgender skaters. It's not, you know, it's not that anyone would be prejudiced against me. I think I just, in my own head, I think if I said it out loud, I would then make that a new obstacle for me to get over. So the game or the training session or the drill that I need to do, it, I might find that hard. And then if I add on the pressure of my period um, affecting my performance, then I think in my own mind, that would be another obstacle I had to get through. So we've got to our last question. Um, Amy, what advice would you have given to a teenage you with regards to periods and sport? I think I would have um, I would have wanted to have been more open and honest about it. I think teenagers nowadays are a lot more open and honest about it. I think it definitely was a generational thing that I, I might not have panicked so much at school when I was getting ready for field hockey and thinking, oh my goodness, I haven't got any pads on me. I'm going to now have to sneak around and ask everybody quietly. I think I would have wanted myself to know that it's a natural thing that we all or most of us go through and that, that, that everybody suffers differently. And if we if we all went and asked asked each other for some advice, um, sometimes your peers are the best people to get advice from rather than parents, especially if you don't feel comfortable. It might be your parents don't feel comfortable talking about it. It might be you don't feel comfortable talking about it that you can just go and say to your friends, look, I think I've started my period or I think I'm on my period and I need a sanitary towel um, and being a little bit less embarrassed about having to ask because it shouldn't it shouldn't be embarrassing. It should be something that we all talk about. I saw an advert on, on Facebook a little while ago about, I think it might have been underwear that you can rewash for periods, you know, like the, the knickers that you just wear all day and then you can just chuck them in the wash and you don't have to wear a sanitary towel and I was really upset by all the comments on it because it, it they, were all, they were women it wasn't coming from any of the men but all the women were just like oh that's disgusting you're sitting in your own blood that's vile um why would anyone want to wear this and all the all the comments were like shameful there's still a lot of stigma around periods being dirty or unhealthy and it's I think it's more unhealthy to not talk about it so I would I would like to tell myself that to not be ashamed and and to encourage others to be open and honest about it because it's a really important part of of uh, women's health absolutely I feel like the stigma around it really needs to um, to stop and I don't know why like you say people um, are criticizing 
how women deal with it in whatever way they they choose to deal with their periods um if you have to wear period underwear then that's what you do and i don't think um it's okay for anyone to to um criticize anybody else for for how they choose to deal with it particularly when it comes to taking part in sport and and opening up conversation about it and hopefully that's something that this podcast will do and just make it okay for women to uh, to talk about their periods with their peers and and the people that they um take part in sport with so thank you amy um, thank you for coming on the podcast and um good luck with your upcoming roller derby Thanks for listening to the Wise Women in Sport podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast today, then I'd really appreciate a review wherever you listen to it. And also tap follow on your podcast app so that you get the next episode as soon as it's released. And we'll see you next week.